Hello and welcome to YouTube's favorite comic book channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Before we dive into today's topic, I want to remind everybody about Cartoonist Kayfabe Comic Book Christmas in July. The second year, the second annual Cartoonist Kayfabe Comic Book Christmas in July, where we ask our audience to join us in taking your extra comics, your doubles, your comp copies, just some good books that you're ready to move on from, Put those in the local lending libraries around your house. Let's try to grow some new comic book readers. We did it last year, and we saw thousands of social media posts, photos of those little lending libraries with comic books peeking out through the front windows. So uh, do it again. We know that people go to those libraries to, uh, they are readers. So let's give them something cool to read in the form of comic books. So put some good ones out there this year, the last Saturday in July, and uh, share it on social media. Let's see if we can get more people involved in this initiative. So today, Ed, we're going to look at Mike Mignola's Hellboy, Seat of Destruction, but we're not looking at Hellboy. We're looking at Monkey Man and O'Brien by Art Adams, the backup story in this first miniseries. This is such an interesting kind of reversal. This is Bret Hart and Stone Cold at WrestleMania 13, a double, a double turn, right. as they say. <laughs> because whenever these initiatives start, when Image starts... I've got my favorite creators that I can't wait to see the books they come out with, but I'm going to buy all of them because I'm in favor of what's happening. Yeah. And whenever Legend starts, I like some of those creators more than others, but I'm going to give them all a shot. And by the time Hellboy was over, it might have been my favorite in that bunch, but it wasn't the one I was most looking forward to going in. But one of the ones I had high hopes for was Art Adams, Monkey Man and O'Brien. It seemed really cool. It looked really good. Loved his art. And a uh, little bit slower of an artist, I think, is so... What we get is, first, Monkey Man and O'Brien is going to appear as backups in this very first miniseries. And that's what we're going to take a look at here today. Yes. Yeah. This is one of those things, man. I, th I think there's such, a, there's such a lesson in uh, what we're looking at right on the screen right now. Hellboy and Monkey Man and O'Brien, right? Because Mignola invested in himself deeply and... Hellboy, like you, your reaction mimics the reaction of the of the public. He was and also ran when it comes to John Byrne, Frank Miller, uh, Art Adams, even. Yeah, yeah, he these a, were big A listers. Yeah, who else was in uh, Legend? Even Paul Chadwick is already a darling for uh, for for Dark Horse. So um, I don't know that it was a wild success for Mignola to start. But he kept going on, and he built a tremendous piece of equity that is worth probably a hundred million dollars at, at this point, with all the stuff that it has generated over time. Maybe, maybe, maybe more. And uh, with Monkey Man and O'Brien, first off, great title. Yes, I have a Mandala effect kind of thing happen because I, I thought that it was a TV, it was a cartoon. I, I thought that Monkey Man and O'Brien was a cartoon. It was not. Okay. Uh, it was Rusty and Big Guy were, were a cartoon. Uh, but I thought this was a cartoon. Um, if Art Adams would have invested in himself and done a couple dozen issues of Monkey Man and O'Brien, I firmly believe that it would be a $100 million property of, in the same stripe. I think that it would be so many action figures. McFarlane would have made toys of them. It would have been a very popular cartoon probably a couple rounds of movies. Reading this makes me want to go back and read Art Adams' interviews at the time and see how he's promoting this stuff. Because like, part of the appeal for me with Mike Mignola's Hellboy is 
I think that Mignola just figured out this is what I want to draw. Yeah. And like it, it just comes off the page and you can see it just more and more ideas, you know, come out of there. It seems like a very pure thing. That's it's his voice that we're seeing in here to the point of like push John Byrne out after the first arc, because this is me. And, you know, I think that's a giant part of the appeal. And I don't quite get that with Monkey Man and O'Brien. These two characters, I think, great design. But then what? And yes. you're really going to see it in this four-parter mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. So the it's art, boring. I think, is unassailable, but nothing really happens. It's and, true. you know, not to step on the rest of this video, but let's go. Th By the way, though, love this. You totally. know what I mean? Like, I'm, this is the first issue. Let's get to this section. And it's like, oh, dude, I'm, I, it, this is what I want. Just start it there. Yeah. Or let me grab you by your lapels <laughs> and shake you and just, just start the comic there. Yeah, I don't care about their backstory. I want to see these two kicking ass. Now, here's the thing. This is an era where we, we take for granted the John Burns and the Frank Millers who are writer artists. Like, like it's just like, yeah, that's what you do. You're a maker of comics. That just was not done. It wasn't done. So even in this miniseries, Mignola with his Hellboy is on a little shaky ground and he has John Byrne filling, filling in. It's very noteworthy dialogue. that he does that. Because yeah. Mignola kind of looks around and goes, I don't know if I'm up, up to this or not. You know, And I think that he's really proven himself to be a good writer. Totally. But at this point, he's like... Let's do the best I can, and that means, like, I work well with John Byrne. Let's bring him in and uh, get a, him to help out. And it's a fresh set of eyeballs. Like, like Art Adams is going in cold here, man. Like, he doesn't really have an editor or anything like this. So, like, he's he's got to beat out a story himself, and he's never done that. Like, maybe at best he's worked Marvel Method with somebody and, and kind of plotted a whole thing. But, like, he has to beat out an entire story... And he's far more into the drawing camp to the point where he doesn't even really make comics anymore. He just does covers. He's a, he's he's a drawing fanatic. So uh, it it the concept fantastic, muscle chick, smart smart ape. Nobody could draw better gorillas in the modern day than than Art, Art Adams. But uh, this is a uh, it's just it's boring. Yeah, it is. It 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 makes me feel a little bit bad. It's going to be great to look at, so it's not a loss. This reminds me that he's doing like some of those um, Misumono covers, and I feel like you see some of the tech. You know, the Masamuni Shiro uh, apple seeds and stuff. Yeah, and you see him pulling in some of those references there. When you see his artwork, uh, like, you know, originals, when there's perspective, he grids that out. And, and you know what? Even to this day, if you go on his Instagram, you'll see it. He is a pushpin... Oh yeah, like, like wooden fucking drawing table guy. Like his his drawing board is now cork. It is no longer wood. <laughs> with all the push pins he puts in, and he pushed push pins in his art, and just grids all of his stuff out in like a light blue pencil, and then and then goes in with like a gray pencil, and tightens it up further. And then he's not a brush inker. He's not a he's not a dip pen inker. He is a micron inker for all of the fat lines and stuff too that's like you know two passes it's not push on the line it's like you know draw another line so he is that's tedious you know when you use a uh, brush or something you're able to get thick and thins when you're using dip pens you're able to get thick and thins but he's kayfabe and all of that and these are sisters the o'brien of the title is not the only o'brien this is her older sister who's kind of a black sheep of the family and left and now she is back because uh their missing father was this inventor which allows them to, well, allowed him to amass this kind of a house. And uh, little sister's the one who took over his lab to try to keep looking for him. 
presumably went missing through one of his experiments. And now these two are literally fighting over control of this stuff. Um, good cartooning. I like Little Sister bumps the keyboard. We get a close-up. We get a circle drawing attention to it and a close-up that she's activated something. So while they are fighting back and forth with uh, both sides having their their extras waiting outside, you know, as a family matter, let them work it out. We've got equipment going off inside and a life form retrieval beam is working. And all we get to, because this is a short backup, is we get to see the life form come through, but we're not revealing anything yet. It's just a big, scary shape with maybe a monkey-shaped feet. Which is a great drawing, <laughs> wholly unnecessary, because we saw page one and the front cover. So there's no right. mystery, there's no... One other unnecessary part, let's blow her shirt off as this uh, explosion takes place. Sorry, Adam's baby. He's fan of the T and the A. You know what else, man? There's your next men cover at the time period. Byrne was working with this painter who would do like the finished, uh, do a finished painting over top of his pencils and inks. I think they would pencil and ink it, yeah. show it on the back cover, and then you would see the color painted version on the front. It was so weird looking, and Byrne seemed really taken by this at the time. Yeah, you know the old the old dudes who were like pretty neat looking stuck in old Ben Day color sets. You know that's your New Adams and that's your Howard Chaikins. They love the bells and whistles of like technology, like being so constrained for so long with, right. with that kind of stuff, they, they go far out. It's interesting if you're coming from an assembly line process like Burns most of his career, whenever you see your art not just inked by others, but now you see it painted over, it's probably pretty cool. Especially if it's not something that you're really practicing. All right, so part two, here we go. And now our outsiders are hearing explosions and noise and it's like, you know what, we're going in there. Because I mean, these guys work for the older O'Brien, so... Uh, they got to make sure she's allowed to sign those paychecks at the end of the week. This episode is brought to you by the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. Three different levels will give you access to our videos early, and at the King Kayfaber level, you'll get access to all of our videos as well as the recording session. These videos are also brought to you by the books that we make, and we've got a big year ahead. Coming up from Ed Piscor is the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus. You see it on screen, gold foil. This is going to be the beautiful book of the season. 500 plus pages, including all of the Hip Hop Family Tree comic, plus 140 extra pages just for the Omnibus. Pre-order that one today. There's also a big collection of X-Men Grand Design, all three of the Grand Design X-Men volumes in one convenient location. That'll be out before the end of the year, perfect as a holiday gift. And the final season of Red Room, Crypto Killers. Issue one is already out. Issue two on the right here, coming very soon. An entire series, every issue self-contained. The perfect jump on spot for new readers or longtime Red Room fans. My next book is Street Angel Princess of Poverty, coming out later this year from Image Comics, The Homeless Ninja on a Skateboard. This collects all of the Street Angel comics that are not in Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive. Also available and back in print from Image Comics. Hulk Grand Design, Oversized Fluorescent, Green Treasury Edition now available, and the first young adult graphic novel, The Plain Janes, and my latest comic book, True Crime Funnies, self-published, written and drawn by me, featuring three non-fiction short stories, available now on my website. And now back to the video. Yeah, straight out of Central Casting, those fellas. Yeah, absolutely. And you see some of the uh, chaos. This lab has been just exploded. Was it there the like, amount of stuff that's like wrecked in here? And there's like a carcass of like a gorilla with like a little spinal column. Yes, it's this head. It's just a head. Like uh, I don't know. Yeah, you can kind of make it out. It's almost a torso here. You're right. You do see a tiny little bit of spine sticking out of that. I, I would bet that there's a story point 
for that, you know, in a future issue that we, we will never get. Well, we'll see how the response is. We've got a mini series. There's more Monkey Man and O'Brien out there. If, there is. Uh, if there's a popular demand for it. Yeah, no, like, like I'm very interested in doing, uh, doing that three issue mini series. And, and once again, that's another, uh, Eddie P as mush, uh, of comic book series. Cause I had that put on my pull list and, uh, you killed it. It's There's so a lot of we're gonna have a lot of mad audience members at you, Ed. I know because right? you're naming the real titles that you put an end to by liking them. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's the close-up of this head, though. This is something that we get a moment of. You know, it's kind of cool looking, but basically we're not gonna see it because O'Brien's knocked out, and now her assistant gets knocked out, and when they wake up, a lot of stuff is gone, including this head, which caused these guys apparently to have nosebleeds and something not to work right. So black panel to black panel. This is almost one of those Alan Moore transitions where he talks about, yeah, you can do color to color for panels, but uh, also the page turn. And now they're both waking up, not sure how long they've been out, uh, what's missing, what isn't, what happened. But here we are. Let's take this helmet off that's cracked and see what's under there. And it's a freaking living giant monkey. Yeah, purple, which is also great. You know, it's, he, so she's got the orange hair. He's got the purple. There's so much... This book has so much going for it, man. I love the construction of this figure. It just it feels so solid. Uh, Doesn't the, it remind you again of like the manga covers that he's putting sure. together? Backpack in perspective. Like he is paying attention to perspective of everything, and he's got that thing in perspective. It makes me think about uh, if you if you go through his career, like there's not much gunplay in his comics because he always talks about just like fucking hating to like use the roller so much to like grid off guns and get them completely accurate you know there are whole websites that show the tip of guns kind of like going a little off you know i've done it a million times uh but this is like just you know that's as tight as any kind of like gun it, you know it, it requires as much draftsmanship as any kind of gun you would ever draw great amazing visuals all through this sequence he's so good at getting the scale oh yeah of monkey man always down been, always been great at that and i love these little detail like the detail stuff of course what art adam is known for but having like the monkey foot in your uh, in your shoes it's a yeah it's really a, cool it's a great like the body language of it it feels solid he is just he's such an exceptional drawer there are really good ideas here i like that monkey man this is a different language yeah that we're going to speak so that's pretty cool and we're going to see that kind of evolve as like who is this character but that's your piece for this backup and even whenever he's yelling in this other language i like this stuff oh yeah it's just i i don't like origins you know usually they don't mean much to me and i want to see monkey man and o'brien on missions especially for your first time yeah so good looking stuff though and pretty cool whenever he's mad i think there's a real sense of threat with that character whenever he's uh whenever he's angry and not sure where he's at doesn't look too angry here though so we're cutting into part three and O'Brien gives him the benefit of the doubt quite quite quickly. I feel like if I came across this, I would be as every panel I'd be further away from him than the previous panel. There were some crazy uh there's a video online where a guy is like at like a lakefront and uh fishing and a gorilla like comes up and like sits there. Was it a gorilla or like a lion? Uh, I'm forgetting now, but like the I think it might be a gorilla just like sits right next to him, like looks at him and then like stalks off and then the camera goes into the lake like the river and there's like 10 gorillas just so close to him he got out of there he's fine but 
they were just letting him know and he was doing everything he could to just be be cool man I'd no be... no you know what it was it was bears it was bears okay yeah. all right it bears, bears are a little different because if it's when salmon are running those bears have full bellies they don't care you, you can go you could go sit right beside them <laughs> that, that, yeah that's exactly what it was except <laughs> the bear came to sit next to him because it'd be like hot dogs jumping in their mouths like they're not going to do anything <laughs> except eat <laughs> um man again with the virtuoso drawing like you can see why everybody was so excited for Art Adams. Like whatever comic he's doing, I was excited for at this time period. Always, yeah. Like like I would uh, his annuals. Like I would pick up religiously. Um, this is such thing. a great panel too. You can see some legends heads sitting That's up true. here on the shelf. Almost some some stuff you could imagine coming out of some of these comics. A T Rex skull and just awesome as a library. And O'Brien says, you know, it's her father's library. She keeps it intact, hoping that he'll get back or that she'll find some answers in these books. But we see the uh, Monkey Man character starting to reach for these. And this is part of what I was saying is like, this is a really cool sequence to me, the way he acclimates and picks up this language. And I do like how quickly that develops because like watching little kid cartoons, even that stuff, Art Adams draws well, bringing in like all the fruits and vegetables that they could find and uh, cutting between our future tag team champions here <laughs> as they're both sleeping. And whenever she shows up the next morning, Totally different disposition yeah. on our guy. Civilized. Here. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Erudite. Great body language by Adams. And uh, whenever he turns around, he's speaking the Queen's English here. Perfect I English. I think, therefore, I am. Right. So there's your conclusion of part three. And um, I don't know if you've read this at the time. I have it. This was, I was so into Burn at this time. So whenever it was like a new John Byrne title, it's like, yep, man, sign me up. Only did four issues of this, but it feels like it's it's him revisiting Fantastic Four in a lot of ways, and it must not have been creatively rewarding to him because he does one miniseries and moves on. But you see, like, the conceit is that this character, who I'm going to call a Reed Richards type, awakens 75 years in the future, and uh, I don't know if, actually, Cal Carson, I don't know if that's a bad guy or a good guy. Uh, Justice didn't sleep in 85, it just went to, didn't die, it went to sleep. So, like, I interpret this ad as this is your Fantastic Four set in the future which is kind of a cool idea and you can imagine these guys who spent their careers at marvel and dc a lot of them would do analogs of their characters whenever they went off to do creator owned characters kind of a good gimmick if you're gonna do some stuff from your fantastic four type of cast but let's uh let's change the setting you know give you some new room for stories that cover is amazing of yeah. like the two characters blended together or whatever yeah it, it so closely feels like a 1963 kayfabe comic yeah there's a lot of that in there because it's that um kind of a silver age sensibility maybe even like an 80s age sensibility you see frank miller dave gibbons two more of the heavy hitters that were part of second uh, miniseries legend yeah yeah it's wild to uh to see I love the ads of the time period. Second, second uh, miniseries of uh, Sin City. All right, so issue number four of Hellboy, Seed of Destruction, and this is going to be the conclusion of our intro to uh, Monkey Man and O'Brien. You know what we're going to have to do at some point, man? We're going to have to do the complete Seed of Destruction. Like, we did issue one as a video, but it's worth investigating the whole the whole thing on a, on a Sunday at some point. Yeah, I do think that uh, you see Mike Mignola and Hellboy become what they are yeah in the course of that you know like it's it's remarkable the that miniseries i think for how much it lays the groundwork for that character all right so picking up where we left off it's the morning and guess what monkey man is uh is monkey man now right maybe dr monkey man 
And if he's going to be there for a while, let's build him a house. So you see him looking over blueprints and uh, land movers in the background, like getting to work, building his own oversized monkey house. Right. A monkey house for a monkey man. Meanwhile, something's happening with O'Brien. And if you've read Gen 13, you know exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. This redhead is going to go from a meek, smallish person to an oversized Amazon redhead. Dude. What's happening here? <laughs> right? Gen 13. Yeah. I think it's out at this point. Yeah. Yeah, she's going full Fairchild. This is 1994, so I, I think that it's out. One of them... It's uncanny that you have two redheads that are getting hit with radiation and turning into, like, Amazons. Yeah. That's unfortunate for somebody. Maybe it happened without, you know, like, like it was same time. time. It was time. Just like Smith & Wesson versus Colt. It's very strange. There needed to be two buff redhead chicks. Yeah, very odd. Meanwhile, Monkey Man is trying to rebuild her father's lab that was blown up whenever he was transported here because he wants to go home, of course. You see him welding with a tiny little welding shield, uh, human-sized welding equipment, if you will, and he is f just really frustrated by this. These tools don't fit his hands. He doesn't know what he's going to do, and you know what he's going to do? Put her to work. She'll be the hands. He can be the brains. And uh, they will work together and become, like I say, future tag team champions. Uh, I believe even even the uh, the gorilla character, the smart gorilla, is something that gets adopted for Tom Strong. Uh, that gets explored in much greater detail, I believe, with uh, Alan Moore. Yeah, I think the smart gorilla. You could probably trace a long history of of that of that kind of thing. Yeah, but... it's beast. But man, that's a lot like uh, Caitlin. Yes. Fairchild. Fairchild. Yeah. And the shroomanoid is not far off from from Mole Man, and and we we know that that's that's where Art Adams' interests lie. Man, he likes kaiju, and he likes Marvel's Marvel Silver Age, and, and and that kind of stuff. Give us some of that, like uh, the the origin stuff. You don't need that so much. Like this is a cool design, and every design for every bad guy in the three issues is pretty freaking cool. What is the date? Calls on... to mind the new Fantastic Four run. Because yeah. that's Mole Man and those monsters. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's such a good... And, and we look at that. You can check out that video at home if you want more Art Adams. We've got a few other videos on him. But that new Fantastic Four Art Adams, I love that stuff. Yeah, we call it the Holy Trilogy. Uh, so, so at the end, Monkey Man and O'Brien, number one, coming this fall, in parentheses, this fall with a question mark. Uh, this is 1994. Yeah. Uh, the three-issue miniseries comes out... July to September 1996. Mm. July to September. This is uh, this is fall 199. This is June 1994. So that is over two years yeah. after this ad. And you know, think of what the comics landscape is, because that's 1996. We've been covering that on Wizard, and every issue you have like everybody in there talking about how much trouble comics are in. That's whenever this when Art Adams miniseries comes out, and it's like the stuff is so right place, right time. Yeah, like. Two years makes a gigantic difference. It really with does. It, 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 these two years, anyway. Yeah, it, it it really does because there's no real way to to uh, get like keep it in people's consciousness that much. You know what I'm saying? Like you just have this. Uh, I'm seeing stuff. I'm looking at a. Uh, I'm looking at a little bibliography, but I'm not seeing. I know for a fact that there's Dark Horse Presents stuff. Yeah, there there is Dark Horse Presents stuff. I think there's a big one turtle. shot that might collect that stuff. 
there's there's a series called Dark Horse Extra one through seven from ninety eight to ninety nine. That's the that's the last of the Monkey Man and O'Brien stuff. I'd love to see some of that stuff in black and white. Yeah, know, like in the Dark Horse Presents. This Wolves of Saint August ad. This is the next Hellboy that was uh, in Dark Horse Presents. Um, it's really cool, and I would lo- like to look at this because okay. that's a chance to see black and white Hellboy. And there's a lot of Kirby on those pages. And Mike Manuel, I've said it before, he's one of those guys where it, like it looks great in color and it looks great in black and white, which is not that common, not that easy to do. So that's one I'd be curious to take a look at. But also Art Adams in black and white in Dark Horse Presents, I'd be down for that too. Yeah, yeah, I have the one like where uh, it's got Monkey Man O'Brien on the cover. It's a white background and it's colored with like a watercolor. Do you know that one? Mm-mm. Holding a big gun. So I, I do have that issue for sure. Makes me wonder if I have that. I have a lot of like rando issues. It's like a big tortoise. It's almost like Gamera is the is the villain of the thing, which is exactly what you want that to be. Well, that's what I, you know, like that's my takeaway from reading this is like, man, I'm excited for Art Adams, Monkey Man, and O'Brien. You read this and don't see any monster fighting. And then you wait two years before you get the payoff of like, let's fight some monsters already. Yeah. And uh, that's just, you know, the timing. I don't know whose fault it is. In the back there, he talks about having their first baby. So I understand how time can get away from you. But from a market standpoint, it probably cost him a lot. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's safe to say. But but you know what I will say? Highly anticipated uh, in Wizard Magazine and stuff, like Monkey Man and O'Brien would be mentioned even during that gulf of two years between this and uh, the inevitable miniseries it was never out of people's consciousness whenever they would talk about the legend line uh art adam's name was mentioned with monkey man and o'brien uh it was if it's july to september 96 then they did that the the old uh you know the image trick of like listen motherfucker we we need to be on time so get your three issues done before we even solicit well that was hammered so hard you know like they blamed everything possible for the comics collapse and late shipping was one of those things that definitely got uh got got pressured a lot diamond may have changed policies by then even you know because like companies would get fined for shipping products late at some point you know the thing is like monkey man and o'brien and you see the images that's all you need like you're that's enough to launch the imagination of everybody who's into comics because like was it julie schwartz that would say put a put a giant ape on the cover put a giant monkey on the cover we'll sell extra books right you know like it's such a perfect if you just get one piece of art of these two characters it's perfect for a comic book you know, it's such the combination of like, yeah, let's get into this. We uh, we've been pretty devoid of uh, Art Adams comics and for a, a very long time, but you cannot sleep on those uh, terrific tales. Yeah, uh, strips as Johnny Future or whatever that chick's name was that uh, written by Alan Moore, but it is Art Adams going for it, unlike he ever has before i need to read those because it's also i always think alan moore one of those writers that writes to artists writes to their strengths and i mean like as a writer when you see art adams is gonna be the guy drawing (laughs) your thing rewrite your script because that is an ace you know what i mean like make make him draw the stuff that you know you want to see him draw before we got to know jeff darrow i would i would look online and just try to find some interviews and stuff on youtube or whatever and and he he, there's a thing up there where he's talking about he was going to be a part of that spirit new adventures and with Dennis Kitchen, Dennis Kitchen asked him, he said yes, but he said, do not tell Alan Moore that Jeff Darrow says yes, because you know what he's going to do. He's going to make me fucking make a bunch of buildings that spell out spirit. And, <laughs> and I, I just don't want to do that. And, and, and uh, Dennis Kitchen mentioned Jeff Darrow. Alan Moore wrote the script. 
and uh, it was it was exactly what Jeff Darrow feared, and he didn't he didn't do it, but 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 a guy did, and uh, and it's and it's really good. But but it's that thing of like Alan Moore knowing what he has, knowing the talent that's at his disposal, and maximizing that. I do think sometimes that's a benefit to the uh, like to an artist in this example, and I'm not saying Art Adams specifically, but I think sometimes like you get a guy like Alan Moore who clearly has a knack for like looking at an artist and being like, oh, the potential, they're good at this, they're good at that. Artists aren't always the best judge of what they've got. That's true. And and sometimes having a good because an editor could be that good person who's like, you know what, this guy would be perfect at crime. Let's get him on this crime book or whatever. And sometimes you have those stories through comics history of just. You know, it's not just that the guy's talented and can do any book. It's that that talent set could really do this or that character. Yeah. And on the flip side, be careful not to be typecast if you don't want to just do the same thing over and over again forever. Because yes. editors are good for that stuff. You good to go? Yep. Okay, Fabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. Cartoonist Kayfabe Comic Book Christmas in July is coming last Saturday in July. We are taking a bunch of our comp copies of previously published books. We are taking a bunch of our comic book doubles. We are going around town and we are stuffing the free little lending libraries in our neighborhood and uh, adjacent neighborhoods full of comics. The idea being... When little and when little Jimmy and little Ed are playing hockey on the street, and they come across that little lending library, and they see a cool drawing of um, Goku, they pick it up. They become instant comic fans. That's just going to happen. Uh, thousands of people participated last year. This is our second effort. I'd like ten thousand people. The exponential growth of the internet is possible. Uh, can make that kind of thing possible. So, and be sure and put in that little uh, that little photocopy card of the local comic shops, of the library, of wherever more comics are available. Leave a little note in that book. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But the videos are brought to you by the books that we make. So, Jimmy, let the people know what we got. Street Angel, Princess of Poverty is my next release from Image Comics coming out later this year. It collects all of the Street Angel comics that are not in Street Angel Deadly Scroll Alive, also published by Image Comics, out in a new edition and available now. Get both books, they'll look great as a set on your shelf. Hulk Grand Design, oversized treasury edition, fluorescent green cover, my dream book design. You can't miss it if you walk in a shop and they have that book. If not, order it from wherever you have to while supplies last. And uh, the first young adult graphic novel, The Plain Janes, still available in print. The perfect gift book for that uh, niece or daughter in your life. Uh, my latest book is True Crime Funnies. This is self-published and features three nonfiction stories about wrestling and about crime and drugs. Uh, this is self-published and will be available on my website. You can also follow me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can read my latest comics as I finish and post them. The Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is at the printer right now. Look <laughs> at that gold foil cover, baby. That's the, amazing. The gold is for the honey and the green is for the money. 504 pages. This is the size of the spine, man. We're going girth these days. <laughs> and this is going to be gold, thanks to Jimmy's uh, instruction. Uh, 504 pages. That means it is all of the four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree that are out there, but we are adding 140 pages of additional content that is not in those four volumes, including a bunch of artwork that I made specially for this volume. Going to be out in time for the holidays. Put in your pre-orders because we had to lock in our print run and uh, we do not know that it's going to be uh, enough to, to fill that demand. Uh, that said, this holiday season, I also have uh, the X-Men Grand Design Trilogy is going to be coming out. Uh, this is where we're taking all three treasury editions of 
X-Men Grand Design, and we're packaging them into a trade paperback uh, for the people who missed out on some of the out-of-print uh, uh, X-Men Grand Designs. The book I'm currently working on now, though, is Red Room, and the latest season of Red Room is called Crypto Killers. First issue is out right now. Second issue is coming out uh, at any moment. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game. All issues are self-contained. There are two trade paperbacks uh, of the previous seasons. Give an issue a shot. If you dig it, grab another. Jimmy, name another way or two that the people can support Cartoonist Kayfabe. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, mugs, fanny packs, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That is also under this video. All good ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Give them those marching orders, Jimmy, and we'll be on our way. Read more comics.